This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Welcome, Pastor. We are just excited that you're bringing the word this morning. Excited to be here. Thank you, Joe. Bless you. Thank you, Jack. Isn't that awesome? God is so good. I just appreciate Jack and Terry. Uh, they finished early last night, midnight. Just got to get off early from work. and <laughs> We were talking about what uh, a different life that is, and I uh, appreciate them coming because, you know, None of us have a right to complain about coming. <laughs> when you look at what others do and uh, appreciate um, Jack and uh, Terry both, reminds me of old times. <laughs> and uh, just thankful y'all are here and blesses me so much. Um, Jack is, you know, if he'll just practice a little more, he'll get this guitar down. I just, man. I, m- I remember when uh, people would come in, when Jack and Terry were leaving worship, they, uh, there would always be comments about who in the world can play guitar like that. And just, you know, other musicians, I guess, can really appreciate, you know, say he's good, you know. What do I know? But it sounds really good. Then you hear other musicians and stuff, and there it's going, oh, my. That's one of the first things to go, oh, my. <laughs> it's just uh, the, the gifting and the talent there is just uh, awesome. And uh, so we're, we're blessed. Amen? It's good to be blessed. It's good to be blessed after, and this is off subject, but boy, I, I, I was Sheriff David, what a crazy three days uh, of just trying to deal with insurance companies and stuff. And uh, Ellen had to get Medicare this year, and uh, those people, I don't know, you get a different answer from everyone you talk to. So then you call Social Security, try and get down to information, and four-hour wait. So you just put your phone, you go back and work and do what you can, and then you get different answers, and then you get different things in the mail, and then you get things in the mail that contradict each other. So then you find that, well, you have no coverage at all. So uh, it's hopefully uh, it's straightened out now. It's one of the nice ladies from insurance at Lancaster Water. She said, let's make an appointment. We get, and here's another situation. I can't talk to them because Ellen has to give permission. And so I'm trying to get hold of her and learning how to do the the conference calls, you know, done them. I've done them before, but it's too long, too long ago. So you do all that, hung up a couple times on, on that person. They hung up on me, <laughs> and you're going back and trying to reconnect because you want to connect with the same person. If you don't, you start over. <laughs> so anyway, uh, 
yesterday we did a conference call and it was a little humorous. Ella Gowns, I give permission that you know you could talk to me. She could go do her thing. And then the, the lady from insurance, she's on there, and she's asking questions, and the, and the guy said, uh, I can't answer that question. Mr. Thomas has to ask it. So everything is recorded, you know, and he said he could be put in jail for 10 years, you know, and they're, they're strict on him. He was a super nice guy. He's just saying how it is. So I'm telling the insurance lady, will you please repeat the question where I can ask the question because the question she asked, I didn't even understand. <laughs> but the guy had mercy on me some, and he said, uh, Mr. Thomas, would you like to know this, 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 and how this affects this and this, and if there's no penalties, this? I said, yes, yes, yes and amen. So hopefully, and this is the third time that I thought it was all ironed out, hopefully it's ironed out now and uh <laughs> in church oh yeah that's another yeah i mean it is it is a web of confusion it needs to be simplified it needs to be some work done in that area but anyway on to some good news <laughs> how about god's word Aren't you glad there's something that's always good and it's faithfully good news? And we can always go to him. There is no um, have to make an appointment or I have to get permission, none of that. I can go straight to the highest authority. I can go straight to God himself anytime. What an honor and a privilege that is. And uh, that's because of the new covenant. You know, they couldn't do that in the old, but we can. And we've been adopted in the family. We've been born from above. We belong to him. So I, I was just thanking God that I could talk to him anytime, even in the midst of a three-way call that's strange. I can talk to God in the midst of it. He's always listening. He's always there. And... Uh, Sometimes it's just, it's good just thanking that he's there. <laughs> just to give him praise for being there and always uh, faithful to hear our heart and to listen to us. And, uh, you know, we get in routines and stuff and, and sometimes just um, breaking that, that routine. You know, you every time you study and do all this, but just... God, I am so grateful that in the midst of all this chaos that you're my healer, that you're the one that can decipher and work all this mess out, and I can be at peace. I can be at rest even in the midst of this. So we're going to look uh, uh, in the words uh, some this morning. Uh, let me mention a night of worship. Oh, we had some awesome healings. And... Uh, just share a couple of them. We had four people that were healed before, during praise and worship, before they came down. And they, they came down and I said, well, we praying for them. They said, where are you? They said, I'm already healed. I just wanted to come down and tell you during praise and worship. And they said they felt the tangible presence of God go in their body and they were healed. And uh, 
one person said, I mentioned hands and, and, and stuff in the hands, and they said, as soon as I said that, they said their hands became on fire. Now all the pain left, and we had shoulders that way, uh, necks, backs, ankles. I mean, you can name it. The, these people were just healed. And then we had people that came down. But there was a couple that were interesting. Um, there was a lady, I, I don't know who she is, but she came down and she was, her ears were hurting her. Was it tendonitis? Is that the term? Her ears were hurting her. And uh, I started praying for the ears and, and got one lady said, put your hand on her back, on the small of her back. And, um, and as soon as uh, the lady touched her, she goes, Ugh. And anyway, the Lord touched her and healed her back and it healed her ear. So I never would have thought in the natural, you know, somebody wants prayer for their ears is going and forgetting that and praying for their back. But God knew there was a connection. And a lot of times there, there is a connection that it, it's not that place is the problem. And we got to just listen to the Lord and see what he'd have us do. I, I started praying uh, after that. I even started praying God, you know what's going on in this body. <laughs> I pray perfection throughout the whole body. <laughs> it, it just kind of, uh, it, it was a blessing to see. And had uh, another person of the same type way, their feet was hurting them. And um, y'all may have saw her. She, she walked around the building. The pain left her foot. But she said her feet were just hurting and also prayed for her back. And in her alignment, her spine, and her feet stopped hurting, that her feet were healed. So uh, just listening to the Lord, uh, you know, what's about, we try and get it. We get somebody healed this way, and, you know, if you're like me, you've done it. Everyone you see after that, you're trying to fit them in this mode. <laughs> or you have an encounter with God. And then you're going to try and relive that encounter again. Everything you do is trying to. <laughs> uh, and he, oh, he's so good with us, patient with us. Uh, had a couple people with uh, arthritis totally left their body. That was a blessing. And uh, so that inflammation uh, went and... Uh, Anyway, it's just awesome what God is doing. So we're hearing a lot of reports. Had some people that just going out in there every day. Uh, Heather was one of them, uh, Shepherd, said she was out, and this lady was checking her out and just really had a rough day, you could tell. And, um, and she, she said, can I pray for you? And she, the lady is kind of went, Ugh. and uh, said, oh, okay. So was well, there anything wrong? And I forgot what was uh, hurting. I think it may have been her head or, or something was hurting. So Heather prayed for her, just a quick prayer. You know, you always do a quick prayer out in public when people wait and stuff. Quick prayer. Did the prayer, and she goes, it's gone. And she said, God did that for you and let her go on back to, back to work. But we have opportunities to minister to people. And the Bible says that we will lay hands. It's for the believers. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So I remember one of the shortest prayers I ever prayed. There was a young man uh, at, at my work. We'd been in a meeting. 
and uh, we were the first ones back to the office, and he was just, you know, it was like flu and junk. I mean, he was just really, he said his ears were so stopped up, they were aching, hurting, and just a whole, whole mess. And, you know, he would say, I shouldn't have came in tomorrow. I will not be here. And I, I said, can I pray for you? And uh, he kind of looked around. Nobody was in there yet. And I'd been kind of ministering to him and stuff. And he said, oh, okay, I said, I'll make it quick. And I just went over and put my hand on his head and said, Jesus healing. <laughs> and people started walking in. You know, and I go back to my seat. I look back over him. He goes, wow. I'll never forget it. Correct me up. Wow. Every symptom left his body was healed. He was there the next day. He's, and anyway, had the privilege and honor of leading him to the Lord probably about a month later. And God used that to show himself strong, that he was alive and everything. So it's a, a great way to minister and reach out to people's pray for him. Most people will not turn down prayer. They have to really be Pretty hard to, to turn down prayer. So God's given us an avenue, you know, to reach and to minister to other people. And it's one of the things we need to pray, you know, the healing center. We, we need to pray and get people in because we got the, we're talking to the choir here. But we need to pray and release our faith to, to get people here. And to get these testimonies because we have so many testimonies and is. We need people to give their testimony, write it down, whatever. It's just very difficult and, and hard to get. I have gotten some lately because I asked them right then. They would not do video, but they said they'd write down. I did get a couple of them uh, to write down. That was a couple of the ladies, the guys, you can forget it. They're, you're not going to get that testimony. <laughs> I mean, in the natural, that's the way, uh, believing, believing for it. But uh, we... We need to go full force and really believe people to come out because it's a, it's a great evangelism tool. And the people that are sick are so numerous. Uh, dealing with my, my mom just taking her to the doctor and stuff and, and in the hospital. In the hospital, you're looking for a place to park. I mean, it's just packed full of people, and they're all ages. They're in there. And uh, they're sick, and they're going through it. And so we need to really be uh, sensitive. It's one of the ministries of Jesus. You know, he, he cast out demons, and he prayed for the sick. He gave good news, the, the gospel. And uh, that's something else you can do. Uh, you realize you're dealing with the spirit. You, can, you don't have to just have a big old freedom ministry right then and everything. You can just tell the devil to go underneath their breath. Get out in Jesus' name. Or you don't make a big spectacle and embarrass the family, whatever. Command it to go. And I've seen them where they're open, they're not open to the gospel, and then they're open to the gospel. And all I did was, you demon from the pit of hell, get out. Just underneath my breath. Said that. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I want to hear. <laughs> and it's just a, a difference. So we just need to be wise, and uh, I believe this place full of people. Uh, the dreams and the visions the Lord showed me where people were coming in wheelchairs, 
coming up here, leaving, walking without them. One of the major problems we had here at the church was figuring out where to put the wheelchairs. It was a big discussion about giving them away or not and all kinds of stuff and uh, just uh, cars all the way down the road and it was causing uh, problems and the police had to come out and, just, and all it was was people were getting healed. So I, I believe and I, I, I trust that uh, God will do it. But he has to, he doesn't do it alone. He has to have us. He has to have our faith. We got, got to believe it. Amen. So let me get into some uh, word here. In, in Mark chapter 2, verse 9, uh, it says, Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. He's... He's showing here, he said, so I will prove to you the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. And he brings healing. There's something about healing that proves that God forgives sins because the price was paid at the same time at the cross. So when we minister healing to someone, it ministers that God is alive and he forgives sin. That's what it's saying here. So God used healings. Miracles to confirm or validate Jesus and his message. Well, today is he still confirming the message of Jesus and the cross? Absolutely. He's still confirming it today. Are there sick people today? Yes, there's sick people. Do they need to know that God forgives sins, that he's still the healer? Absolutely. Well, healing is proof that God forgives sin and that he is alive and he's strong. And he's mighty. He hasn't fallen off the throne. He's a supernatural God. And he will deliver and he will set free. And so we can pray for people. <clears throat> and I remember when I first saw this, that Ellie and I had gotten married and went to PTL. And they had this huge campground thing. We uh, actually camped and, and stuff. And uh, it was an awesome time. And Vicki, uh, what was her name? Who's the lady that did healing? Vicki Jamison was there. And she's ministering, and people are getting healed. And next to us was a man, um, and she said, you've had a heart attack, and God's giving you a brand new heart. Well, he just... You know, that's me. There's a little scene there because he's going, wow, that's me. And this, he gets a new heart. Well, then she says, are you ready to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life? And he prayed and got saved, got born again. So we can get people healed because Jesus paid the price for their healing. And a lot with Kent Hagen, you say it's the dinner bell. It rings the bell. So get, get people healed, then saved, because it is a proof that God is alive. And it hits them exactly where it hurts. If they're in pain, if they're dealing with something in their body, and here comes God, and so, oh, he is alive. And it changes everything you know, for them. But the, it's scriptural um, that we do that. 
In Hebrews 2, verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So, you know, the Bible says we'll do the same works as Jesus and even greater works. And it says that God is confirming or testifying to the truth, to the word, to Jesus, to the gospel, to the cross, to the price that was paid, testifying through miracles, through healings, through signs. And he confirms and validates the truth. He's doing it today. We have to believe. The preaching of his word, he said the preaching of his word will be confirmed by signs and wonders. He confirms his word. So are we believing that there's, you know, confirmation or there's a testimony from God confirming the truth? And we know it's, it's true in our head. We got to grasp and say, yes and expect God to confirm it. And it's called faith. God, it says that he'll do this according to his will. His will is for us to respond to him in faith and for him to be able to do it. <laughs> mm. So that tells me we should be having some things going on. In Mark 16, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs are to follow those that believe in thy name they will cast out demons Speak with no tongues and will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Wow. So why aren't we seeing greater manifestation of healing? Are people still suffering from sickness and disease? Did Jesus love people more back then than he does now? We, we know that's not true. We, do believers, do we still need confirming manifestations of God's power? Absolutely we do. But not only do we need the healing power of God today... But God wants to release his healing power. God wants to release his power. So much that he's already paid the price for it. <laughs> it's already a done deal in his mind. And the truth is, we got a lot of people, their prayer and their intercession is begging God to do something he's already done. They're beating the air. God, will you do something? That's the reason I have a lot of trouble with most revival prayers. Are, they're acting like God is the one holding back. God's not holding back. It's, it's us. <laughs> it's usins. <laughs> I mean, once you learn enough word, you realize it's not on God. He's done it all. It's not God. It's us. And it's not um, condemnation on us because we're all usins. We're all in the boat. <laughs> Uh, hallelujah. So healing isn't up to God alone. It isn't God who decides 
Who gets healed and who doesn't? And I hear that all the time. Oh, God, if he wants to heal me, heal me. It's not God's decision. God has already said yes. It's our decision. It's us. One of the worst doctrines in the body of Christ is the belief that God controls everything that happens. Some Christians believe that God either controls it or he's allowing the devil to do it. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. God has already paid the price. If anything's being allowed, it's us, usins again. <laughs> We're allowing it. We have authority over the devil. And this, this thing is in believers everywhere. And that they're actually believing that. It, I don't know how you go to a, a doctor, you try and get help. If you're believing God, put it on you. Or you believe the devil is being got permission from God. Can I go harass Bob for a while? Pretty please, Jesus. That's the that's the uh, the way it looks, you know. I mean, when, and you, you try and say something, and it's just oh no, no. God is sovereign. Yes, He is. He sovereignly wrote His word. <laughs> And there is no uh, addition or subtraction from us. He's sovereign. <laughs> Have no problem with that. <laughs> but it's when you try and sovereignly add or change something that's clearly in the Word of God. We can't, we can't go there. I call it a feel-good theology because it absolves the individual of any personal responsibility. <laughs> it's very popular it's very easy and it takes away you know all that personal responsibility God's will doesn't automatically come to pass we have to believe and cooperate with God receive what he's provided for us including our own salvation you know in 2 Peter 3 9 the Lord's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So we know it's not God's will for any to perish. He's paid the price for every single person to be saved. Well, it doesn't happen automatic. You don't automatically get saved because Jesus went to the cross. You have to receive it. You have to release faith. You have to cooperate with what God did. You have to uh, agree with it. It's the same with healing. God has already paid the price for all the healing that would ever be needed by any person that would ever exist on this earth. It's already been paid for in full. It's, it's there. And we have to cooperate with God. You cannot passively get it. You don't passively get, get saved. Well, oh, I'm going to get them off my back today. I'm just going to say this little prayer and then... Um, and be all right. No, you're not going not gonna to get it because faith is from the heart, not some head thing and just, uh, you know, how many people are prayed to get somebody off their back and they, oh, I'm saved, I prayed that prayer, but it was no heart connection, no Jesus is the Lord, no following God, <laughs> no change, no transformation, no new birth. 
and it's the same of healing. And I, you've got at least your salvation spirit to spirit, but your healing spirit to body. And your body feels things. Your body knows things. And it will, your body will act up. And you, you've got to be doubly unpassive and go and speak the word and declare the truth and let it know who's boss. And if you start backing up, you lose. You can't back up. Well, I'm tired. Well, when you're tired, you're saying something anyway. Well, I just can't say you can quote the word of God. Well, your mouth is going anyway. It's saying something anyway. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's saying, woe is me. I'm a victim. Why is this taking so long? <laughs> you're, you're talking. So why don't you just grit your teeth and say, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes in the middle of pain? Why can't you just say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am totally healed and, and my body and whatever it is and just start speaking to it. Well, that just sounds so weird. What's well, Bible? It's not, it's not natural wisdom. It's supernatural and it works. And we've got to, we've got to do it. Well, Bob, will you come and be born again? Will you say this prayer after me? No. God knows I'm not going to say anything. Now, if you can't talk, that's different. Somebody tell me, well, what if you can't talk? Is God going to, absolutely. You can get born again, then get healed. You know, whatever. But, sure. But he said to speak it from your heart. So I believe if you can talk, you need to talk. It's not God's will for anyone to perish. In fact, Jesus said more people will enter through the broad gate into destruction than enter through the narrow gate. God doesn't force salvation on anyone. People don't have to ask Jesus to save them. They need to believe that their sins are already forgiven and receive their salvation. Same thing for healing. God's already healed everyone just as he has already paid for the forgiveness of everyone's sin. Healing is already an accomplished work. It's already done. So what about all these prayer chains? Somebody's uh, sick and they're praying, God, would you heal? Would you do this for Brother Bob? He is a nice guy. Would you pretty please do this? I'm interceding. And then it, it, you'll have those that are begging, Oh, please, Jesus, please heal Brother Bob. I know him personally. I mean, he's a terrific guy. <laughs> and would you do something for him? Please. I'm interceding. Hmm. Jesus has already done it. God's already done it. Why are we beating the air trying to get God to do something he's already done? This thing is a done deal. But that, that's a hang-up that many people have that, that hurts us uh, or it causes people not to receive. Jesus isn't healing people today. Healing was given 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem when he took the stripes on his back. Now, we say God healed this person, that thing. We know what we 
mean by that, they just received today what was done 2,000 years ago. Really, if you want to get technical about it, Jesus is healing no one today. He's saving no one today. He's already done it. He hasn't and won't receive any more stripes. People today only receive three. Faith was already been accomplished by Jesus thousands of years ago. Here's another thing. The scriptures does not tell us to pray for the sick. In the sense that we are powerless to minister healing. You know, a lot of people say, you, you tell them that. Well, who do you think you are? A lady I worked with, and uh, I said, I want to pray. Uh, I think it was her child, whatever. And she got, who do you think you are? And um, I said, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but. I do have a relationship with the Lord, and we, we're buds. <laughs> she left. It didn't go well. She was Christian, went to church, and when she left, she said, my people will pray. <laughs> said, okay. Aren't your people, my people, aren't we in the same family? <laughs> Not going there, because I had to work with this lady. <laughs> Jesus told us to heal the sick, Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits, cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. In verse 8 of Matthew 10, it says, Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You have received freely give. There's a big difference in asking the Lord to heal people and healing them. It's a big difference. Yeah, like I said, most Christians will get upset when you start talking like this. So, well, who do you think you are? You think you can bring healing? Well, I'm just doing what the Lord said to do. He said to minister and bring healing. Well, only Jesus can heal. Yes, I agree with that. But here's the answer. I can do nothing without Jesus. I cannot heal without Jesus. But the good news is I have Jesus. Jesus is in me. Jesus not only lives in me by his spirit, his healing power's been deposited on the inside of me. We are full of healing. We're full of power. And what Jesus was saying, go release it. Give him, give him the glory. But don't ask me for something I've already given you. If I gave Joe $10,000, then Joe, Joe comes up and says, <laughs> Joe comes up and says, Pastor Bob, well, you give me $10,000. Or he gave it to you, Joe. Um, no, I'm, I mean the $10,000. <laughs> Joe, I've, I've already given you 10000 it's in your purse. Get your purse out. Just there it is. <laughs> Look inside. There it is. Healing virtue, healing power. Get confident. Get full of faith that when you release it, power goes forth. Well, I didn't feel anything, Pastor Bob. I'm not basing it on some feeling. If you're going by feelings, you'll you'll feel like 
eating banana pudding all day. Feelings will get you nowhere. Now, if the feelings line up with the Word of God, good. Self-discipline today, I'm going to stay away from the sugar. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, that lines up, I feel good. But when you're out of town, Rob and I were Dr. Leon for a few days, and food, food, glorious food. Everywhere you turn. And it is difficult. I mean, when people have made stuff specially for you and it's stuff you're trying to stay away from, it's difficult. And Dr. Leon said this last night, he said, I leave a bigger man than when I came. And it, it, it was the truth. We were in on all these meals. And I mean, it's just and wonderful people, wonderful fellowship, and just food. And it's all awesome food. I mean, it's just, um, well, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to make myself hungry if I can. So we're going to move, move on here. But. <laughs> Peter, when he ministered to the lame man in Acts 3, Peter didn't pray for this man. He didn't say, oh, God, can we do? We can do nothing without you. Please heal this man if it's your will. We know it's always his will to heal. He didn't, he didn't do that. We don't ask and then wait and see. That's not believing his word. And what it, it comes down to, instead of being beggars, instead of... Uh, Begging God for something, we need to be sons and daughters and recognize who we are. And he's given us his spirit. And we have the things of the kingdom on the inside of us. Wow. And that's the mystery. So I put the kingdom inside of you. What you need's inside of you. Hallelujah. Well, that changes everything. It, it changes the way you minister it changes your prayers. It changes everything. Using our authority. But when you talk about, no, I'm not going to pray for the sick. I'm going to release healing and command healing to go. I'm going to take authority. That gets you kicked out of most churches. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. That, was, that, that one's going to get you kicked out. <laughs> but I, I do believe it's one of the main reasons when we don't see more manifestations is we're asking God for something he's already done instead of doing it the way he said how do you get to the place where you can see the miraculous happening through you it starts of course renewing the mind faith is based on, on knowledge and everything we know uh, that faith comes from the Word. The Word is a supernatural book. It's supernatural power, and it releases and identifies and shows us who we are. So the more you get built up in it, the more you can release what God's put inside of you. Second Peter 1, verse 3, According to His divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain to God, life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that has called us, 
to glory and virtue. So, so many times we want to get those things that pertain to life and godliness so, uh, some other way. But he told us the way is through the word. What's the devil going to do? He's going to try and keep you from the word of God. He wants to get you so busy, so many cares, so many things going on. He keeps you from the word of God because he knows the scripture. He wants to keep you out of it. Knowledge of a few basic truths like we're just talking about, I think, make all the difference. Here's a, another truth. God has already placed his healing power within us, or really the same truth, is, and is now under our authority. It's up to us. It isn't up to God to determine who receives healing. It's up to us. He put it in us. Mm. It's our failure to understand and use the authority we have that's keeping God's healing power from flowing as it should. Yeah, I was reminded uh, at night of worship about uh, encounter ahead with God um, about authority. Uh, mentioned it some, but I was in a, a small group. And this couple went to our church. We were having small groups, and they had an upper room. And uh, went up there, and we had a little bit of praise and worship. And then I was going to minister, and that's what I was doing. I was ministering authority. And just kind of along these lines about the authority that we have. And uh, I talked about Jesus paying the price for us to have authority and that he became the sins of the world. He, he became sin for us that we could be made the righteousness of God. And, and it hit me while I'm talking. I said he went to the lowest low. He became the lowest low of any human being because he took on the sins of us all. He took the, not only sins, he took the punishment for those sins. So he takes all that on. And I said he became the lowest low that existed in a human being. And said, but then on the third day, the Holy Spirit shot him up to the highest high in the universe. You're talking about a swing. It says that God used his mighty power to raise him up. He used more power than creation in the universe to raise Jesus up from the dead. Raised him up, shot him up at the right hand of God the Father. And when I did that, everything changed. And uh, I saw, it was just a cloud of his presence in there. And I, I did it, and I noticed it was just like I blinked and everything changed. And then I'm not sure exactly what happened. I do remember this. I said, I'm going to do that again. And I'm sure everybody's going, I said, I'm going to do that again. But this time, I went, he went to the low salon. Hey, went to the highest high in the universe. I'm just like this. And I'm, I look like this. I say, no one. It's just this Shekinah glory had filled the place. And from here to there, I could not see. Could not see a person. So I don't know what they thought because I walked over in person's face. I go, oh, you're there. <laughs> and, and it was just so powerful and a lot of great things happened. So we go down to the kitchen to eat some refreshments. And uh, the cloud is there. The presence of God is all through the house. 
and I, I got a revelation of authority during this thing. While I was ministering, I get this, this revelation of authority. And so I, I get in the car. <clears throat> I don't know how I got home because I remember the cloud was in the car. <clears throat> so I get home. I remember it was late. I go to bed. I get up and go to the restroom, and the cloud is in the house, is in the, in the bathroom. And I just stood there and looked at it. And I remember worshiping all the way home. And I remember that, uh, and I thought about it many times later, I thought, was that the gift of faith? I knew I could ask and believe for anything at that time it'd be granted to me. And I did not ask one thing. That's one of the things I had to work through is, why in the world didn't you ask for something? And I didn't ask for anything. All this worship. But then I thought that was probably best. At that time, it was years ago, so no time why I'd ask for him. You know, so in his presence, I just worshiped him and, and gave, him, gave him praise. So after that, I stopped praying for people to be healed and just started taking authority. And just said, so I release healing power into you. I release the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ into you and started seeing a whole lot more results. And it wasn't even close. And that's when I was at the, you've heard me tell somebody, I'd be out, I was at a bookstore, and I'm getting ready to leave. And this lady uh, that knew me said, hey, hey, would, would you pray for me? My back's just hurting me, and, and I'm, I'm really on mission. Time is up. I overdid my time because the bookstore's dangerous for me. And so I mean, I've just got to go, and so it's going to be, I said, sure, it's going to be one of those quick prayers. I release God's healing power. She's out. She's just out in the bookstore there, laid out. Oh, my goodness. And she gets up, and, of course, people come, you know, rushing over. Is everything okay over here? And the people that work there, and and everything's fine. She's just uh, having the moment of God. So we gave her up, and she's a little drunk in the spirit. She said, all the pain's gone, and she's wiggling and doing a little <laughs> jig and everything. And it's just everything changed. We need to know what we have. It's so easy. I mean, we all have to watch. I have to watch it not to get back in that, that other mode. I have to know the healing powers on the inside of us. That's the reason I said people die of sickness and disease full of God's healing virtue. Every believer dies with God's healing, resurrection power on the inside of them. Think about that. That's, That's in their spirit. That's the only part that God could come by a spirit. But because that part's the pure righteousness of God, your spirit's perfect. He came in your body, your body blow up. But he's got a glorified body for you later. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, um, what did I do after that? I started, uh, I had another small group the next week. What do you think I told them? I mean, exact. I tried to go and say all that was just of, of the Lord. I didn't, but this time I, oh, I'm going to do it again. And I did it, did it again. And this is the crazy thing. It happened again. Yeah. 
happened again. There's the glory cloud and everything. I said, oh, man, I'm connected now. This is great. Yeah, oh, hallelujah. So I had a great time, got home. And uh, so you know what happened that next time? Absolutely. And I just got one sermon now. You know, here we go. Did it? Not a thing. It was dead as a doornail. Not nothing. And the, and the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me on the way home. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> okay. You're led by the Spirit, not led by your last thing that you liked that happened, you know. <laughs> but what, what I saw, it's authority. We have been given authority. Well, what if something doesn't happen? Well, we know it's not from God. It could be an issue of the heart of forgiveness, you know, something in there, but the Lord will show. So we are obedient to what God's called us to do. And he said he would confirm it with signs and wonders, miracles following. Hallelujah. Another truth we must know and understand about healing, it's never God's will for us to be sick. He wants every person healed every time. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the, it, it definitely teaches some things are God, some things are in the devil. What I, I believe happens many times is we get weary. Uh, we get away from the word, speaking the word, and we stop resisting. If we stop resisting, we've lost. Because the enemy can bring back maybe what you were just healed of, whatever. We got to resist the lies. Because as long as we're in this earth, we're going to be resisting things. Because it's full of corruption. It's full of lies. Full of deception. But the enemy wants to get us in a passive mode where we're not resisting anymore. Because we'll not take authority then. We'll not take the very thing that God gave us to evangelize uh, to win the world, will not use it, and then he can steal from us. He can take from us. So uh, we can never, ever get away from the word. We got to keep putting in. We got to keep reminding ourselves and, and keep. And one thing about, well, let me mention this. We had it happen uh, at church. Dr. Leon was uh, with us. We were doing some meetings. Back then we did week-long meetings, morning and night. And um, we're doing some meetings. And we got to the church early. And we came. And uh, we looked in the church. And I could not see from one end to the other. It was full of the glory cloud, the Shekinah glory of God. So here comes... Um, our guy over the building, our head usher, Gilbert, and comes blasting out the door. He said, I can't find where it's coming from. I'm about to call the fire department. He was an electrician, and, but it was all white smoke. It was just, you know. And um, Leon said, don't call, don't call. This is, this is God. And, <laughs> and we walked through the building, went into the sanctuary, and just above the chairs, was a beautiful white Shekinah glory of God just hovering there. And I just went and just looked at it. And 
and the Lord ministered to me, it's always there. We always have God's presence with us. You just can't see it. And it, it really, there's been times where, you know, I haven't felt, you know, maybe up on the game or whatever, but I remember God's presence is always there. And I had that just, it was so, so clear to me that that was always there. It's just the, it's just the next realm over. The spirit realm is always there. And where God's angels and God's presence is, there's his glory. So, uh, I'll never forget that. It was, uh, it was um, and we had more things happen at night. Now, here's the thing. Before the service, it dissipated. And, uh, but we had more things happen that night. And the Lord was teaching me to use faith that his presence is still there. We have his presence. Just didn't see it. Yeah, did not see it. It was like uh, when I was watching it, and it was, I forgot the time. It was a few minutes before really a lot of people start coming and stuff. It just kind of drifted like this. It just faded. Couldn't see it. <clears throat> so I couldn't see in the spirit realm. And uh, the thing is, the spirit realm's always with us, and his presence is always there. We just have to practice his presence and know it's there. So it's another thing I tried to do was taking authority but also knowing, God, you're here. And I know you're confirming this. I know you're backing this up. And, of course, always giving him the, the glory and everything for it. But, I mean, when we dedicated this building, same thing happened here. And uh, Leon was saying, uh, I didn't say it. He said, Leon said, did you see it? just like the other bell, and said, hovering up there, I said, I did not. He said, when I was up to preach, I looked at it and said, the whole place was covered up above the chairs. I said, no, I was facing the end and see it. And uh, it's just like um, <clears throat> Sunday, uh, Barbara uh, at the night worship, Barbara Porter, I don't know if you know her, but she's not one to just say things. She just didn't say that, and she came up and said, I saw Jesus walk up on the stage. She just, uh, you know, some people will tell you, well, Jesus came to my house yesterday and, you know, all this. What they're actually saying, it's a vision of Jesus. Jesus in one point. He became a man. Okay. Hallelujah. So his presence is always with us, whether we feel like it, whether we see it or not. He's there, and we have to know that, and we, we can take authority. We can command the storms, say them for about tornado and commanded it to go, and I know y'all have too. I mean, you come against bad weather, you come against it. You have authority over it. Anyway, years ago I had this dream, <clears throat> and the believers on the earth were rising up, and they were growing in the Lord, and they were all taking authority. And everywhere the enemy went, that he was bound because they were taking authority. I saw this happening all over the earth. And, and finally, uh, after a period of time, the devil was trapped 
by a circle of authority of the believers. And he had no place to go. And then the huge, mighty angel of the Lord came down and grabbed him. And he was stoned into a pit. The whole earth is groaning and waiting for the manifestations of the Son of God. He's waiting for us to take authority and rise up. And that is, a, that is the reason where when you read Scripture about when uh, Jesus is coming back, he said, well, I'm waiting till my enemy is made your footstool. Not, he's already under the head, I mean, <laughs> until under the body of Christ, the footstool, and we're walking this stuff. And we've already got it, but it's going to be some walking in it or experiencing it. And we have a part to play when he's coming or not. I always thought when you read scripture, it sounds like we have a part to play. I believe we do have a part to play and when he comes back. And it has to do with us knowing who we are, um, recognizing we're a son, daughter of God, that we have his presence always. He said, release the authority that you have on the inside of you. And not be moved, even if it looks like Nothing's changing, not to be moved by it, because it has to change. It has to change, because heaven's backing you up. Hallelujah. Anyway, let me, let me skip through all this. I think um, To believe that God allows and approves of Satan's action opposes James 4, 7. Resist the devil. <laughs> if God's given the devil, uh, allowed him to have authority to do stuff in my life, why am I resisting the devil? Don't, it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. The devil's a defeated foe. Only thing he's got is deception. It's deception. He's a liar. He's a thief. And we have to rise up. Hallelujah. So we speak. We're peculiar people. We speak the body parts. We don't speak about them. We speak to them. And the thing is, when you get older, you recognize things that you didn't when you were younger. When you're younger, um, you're laying in bed, and you get up, and your elbow hurts. You just, ah. <laughs> don't think anything about it. When you're older, because of the culture and what we've heard and stuff, I wonder what's wrong with my elbow. I must have hit something yesterday. And But when you're a young man, you, you, your elbow, oh, it's bleeding. I must have bumped into something. <laughs> Nothing. But see, we, we need to know that he said he would give us a long life. He would satisfy us with long life. So if you want 120, that's another thing that gets you kicked out of most churches. They'll look at you strange. I get it all the time. I'm, I'm getting fairly used to people, you know. And the others now say, uh, Bob, he's, he's going to live to 120. I say, I am. I believe it. Somebody's got to break through and believe what the Word says. And now again, to the 120 was under the curse. Jesus, uh, God wasn't really happy with them at that time. That's after the flood. And he said, uh, you know, we're going to narrow this thing down to 120. 
Oh, Pastor, I don't want to live to 120. You don't have to. You don't have to. But what if every bill was paid, you were super blessed, what influence could you have? Maybe by then we really have a handle on our prayer life and know some things. What could we do to minister to other people? We're going to have our time in heaven, and I'm, and I'm all for that. And anybody wants to go, you know, someone tell me, I'm going at 90. Oh, go on, you know, enjoy. That's, that's fine. I'm just wanting you to know there's more available. It's more available to us. It's a whole lot more available to us. <laughs> Everything that pertains to life and godliness. And it, it's all our relationship with him. If you get into this stuff, it can start getting just, it can get legalistic. You got to do this and that. It, it's got to be birthed out just a, a love relationship with him and spending time with him. You don't walk close. You do not walk close to the Lord by accident. You do not walk uh, close to your spouse by accident or any friendship. You're not going to just, oh, I have this very close walk with the Lord. No. You have to take action. You have to. And he hasn't left. <laughs> He's there. It's like the old cartoon uh, or the joke. Um, the husband's behind the steering wheel. The wife, she used to be beside him. Now she's at the other door, on the other door. And she says, why don't you sit beside me anymore? And he said, well, I haven't moved. <laughs> well, God hasn't moved. And it's up to us to have that relationship with him and spend that time with him. But what you do, you incorporate him in every part of your life. Well, anyway, I hope you got something. I just wound up just talking away here. But it's kind of uh, we're all strong believers here, so. We have a little, a little fun. Absolutely. Yes. Hold on just a second. Then. Petra. I talk loud, guys. <clears throat> It's, this is all recorded. Can you, People listen to it. Anyway, um, this thing of always dealing with the natural. And if you don't feel good, you deal, you fight things in the natural. I have to resist the not go. Your body screams. Just lie down and feel pathetic. So um, I got up and I, and I got a call last night to uh, for baby squirrels that I must receive this morning. And I felt so horrible thinking, to whom can I send these squirrels? Nobody can receive them. I'm going to have to receive them. So um, <clears throat> I started to, to leave, to come here and meet them. And I um, left. And as I was leaving the lake, I put my hand behind where my uh, admission folder is supposed to be, and it's not there. And I pulled over and climbed out, and it's not there. And I knew I had to turn around to go get it. As I uh, went into the house to go to get my, because we must fill in forms. I must be, I'm held accountable by Fish and Wildlife. 
for an animal that's with me. And I turned and got my admission form, and in the house, the landline rang. Now, Sean, who's bringing the squirrels, called me twice before, last night and early this morning, on my cell number that's listed on the website. The landline called, and I saw Sean's number. I said, Sean, and he was going to come I-55, and I'm going to meet him in Hernando. Now he's coming I-61, and he's coming this way, two completely different directions. I was about to go to Hernando. That's south. Wait, that's a 20 minutes drive south of me. And listen, how funny is this? Had I not stopped to check for this folder, had I not turned around, I wouldn't have gotten the phone call to go and drive off in a completely wrong direction. Got to the place where I got the squirrels, and I thought. What is, what am I, what's, I always drive with, on a cushion for my back. There's something <coughs> under me. I was sitting on the file I was looking for. <laughs> so I said this morning to God, I, he's just gone quiet on me for a personal word. And I said to him, I feel as, I feel so bad. It feels like I've fallen off the radar was the very thing that went through my mind. And when I touched under my seat, and here's the folder. I was sitting on this darn thing. I didn't know it. It was just under the cushion. How did it get there? I could, I swear, it's like, I got you, my God, wink. <laughs> because I allowed him to, to break with the, the natural. I had my blessing. I had my little hug this morning uh, for not, and, and it's, we, I looked for him because I looked for him as, and it's your point there too I had my little hug this morning and, and it was, your feelings never vote and I don't allow my feelings to vote and that's what I kept up and I kept going I don't allow my feelings to vote yes but I did feel horrible but I didn't allow them to vote yes so sitting on the file <laughs> I love it when God does things like that. Don't you? It's pretty neat. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.